In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about vampire costumes and wafting in capes, flip-floppy whiplash, comical nipple moments, and awkward sniffing in our discussion of Dead Until Dark by Charlene Harris. (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss Dead Until Dark by Charlene Harris. Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book, or I guess watched True Blood, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened or watched and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book, then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. Yeah. Look, I include True Blood for this book. And maybe book two? At a pinch. And then maybe a little bit of book three and maybe a little bit of book four, but then it's bonkers off the rails, so. Oh. Pinch of salt with each of them, to be fair. Hey, because this first ca- one. characters may be there, but the characters are very different. Right. But this first one is dead on. <laughs> but each chapter matches up with each episode of of the show with a couple of things different i mean tara doesn't exist yet at all she does later she does but she She doesn't exist in that form at all no not at all (sighs) lafayette yeah the show did good with lafayette i'll all grant you that they really really did Mm. yeah (laughs) there's no bubba (laughs) oh bubba but anyway we're not there yet We can have this conversation after we record our episode. But anyway, anyway, I have a little bit of background info. Please. It's from crescentblues.com. And Charlene is asked, how did you go from writing about small town librarians and a house cleaner who's a karate expert (laughs) to writing about a telepath who takes up with vampires? Look, I know about the librarian book series, but I don't know about the house cleaner who's a karate expert, but I'm kind of into it. (laughs) Anyways, Charlene says, I always liked to read science fiction, and I always thought that if I could do something besides mysteries, that would be what I would do. Then I thought, maybe I could combine them both and write what I really wanted to write. Somehow, it all just formed up in my head. I thought, who would be more likely to hang out with a vampire? Well... Someone who is an outcast herself. Why would she be an outcast? Because she couldn't tolerate the constant companionship of other humans. Well, why not? It went a little bit forwards and a little bit backwards, and I backed and forth until the picture revealed itself. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Charlene Harris is a delightful human being. You've met her. I have met her. I have met her. She was wonderful. You can, she's... Totally, you can really, totally name drop here. It's fine. Yeah, I've met her. I've met her. I was her bodyguard at a, a library event a long time ago. A you, long you, you time can, ago. You must be the most effective librarian bodyguard. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. 
Sold a lot of her books that night, too. That was a long time ago. But look, she's like from here, slash Texas, slash Mississippi, I think. Can we just say the South? Yes. Does that that cover it? It does. It does. But Arkansas is included. Okay. In the South. Okay. As if everyone didn't know that already. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't everything south of the Dixie Line? is south look there's a lot of the south there is <laughs> and some of it's nicer than the other anyway what that's not what we're talking about today is it not canada and then the south with new york and california being separate entities not quite close <laughs> it's very close okay 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 anyway i feel like i don't have um initial thoughts on this one i've read this a long time ago and Mm. now we're coming back to it but we're coming back to it for a very special reason yes i'm so excited yay for vampire book club (laughs) yay uh so if you don't know already listeners we have vampire book club and we meet on zoom the last tuesday of every month at 5 15 Central time. That's my time. And that's, what, a million o'clock for you? 11? Quarter past 11. Yeah. GMT. Yeah. It's not ideal for you. It's not, but I I stay up late. I have never missed a book club because it is great fun. It is. Members, it is a lot of fun. Shout out to you all are fantastic. And it's active participation throughout the entire meeting. So it's, Yes, it's wonderful. It's really fun. So if you're interested in joining us in Vampire Book Club, check out our Facebook group, um, Fictional Hangover Book Club, or, you know, just send us a message and we can tell you how to get where you need to go. Also, we're trying something new on Patreon with these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So normally our... Vampire Book Club, you know, it's the last Tuesday of the month, but a lot of the times, our last episode of the month, which is our Vampire Book Club episode, sometimes that falls after the fact, and so then you're like, yeah, this week in particular, it falls Mm -hmm. after the fact, so you're like, well, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to keep up with this? Well, if you join our Patreon, we're going to start sharing these videos with every patreon tier so that's super special you get a video and usually it's the bonus tier only that gets the video right yeah so now everyone gets one gets it so that's good value it really is it really really is so i'm excited about it um typically we record on fridays so friday night you get to watch us Woo, it's atmospherically woo. dark for me. Also, it's always dark for me. because I'm Also, in dark if you can't join us for our Zoom book club discussion, we are going to be putting a thread up on the book club group itself. And it will be full of spoilers because, hello, it's Fiction Hangover. <laughs> hi, spoilers hi, Fiction Hangover. We're made Pleased of spoilers. Meet you. <laughs> hi, hello. So you can join in the discussion on there as well. And don't forget, the fantastic... The wonderful, just been added to Redbubble, fictional hangover, vampire book club 
design that you can have on all sorts of apparel and stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, pillows, mugs, whatever. Masks! You can get it on a mask too. Perfect. It's very appropriate because it's a mouth. And not just any mouth, listeners, that's my mouth. So every mouth on my boobies. Yay! That's what I always wanted. (laughs) So far, I'm just wearing my. The only cure for a fictional hangover is another vampire book T-shirt, which you can. Yeah, you can also get that on Redbubble. Go buy all of our stuff. (laughs) I think we have. I really think we have. So everyone, I know that if you're listening to this episode on your regular Wednesday, that means you've missed out on this month's Vampire Book Club. But go ahead and join our Patreon. And check out our group on Facebook so you'll be in the know and you'll be ready for next month's Vampire Book Club. All right. Shall we start? Go on. Yay. Sookie Stackhouse is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, 25-year-old waitress at Merlot's, the bar in her small town of Bon Ton, Louisiana. You have to say it, bon ton. Bon ton. Bon ton. Can I apologize now for the way that I say Suki? Because I always go, Suki. Well, you, I mean, you have to you say have Suki. Suki. Suki is mine. Suki, you're mine. Suki. Sorry, get that out of my system now, please. Yeah. I'm start again. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just going to keep going. Bon, bon ton. Bon ton. Bon ton. <laughs> Suki describes herself as very pretty, but with a disability. The ability to read minds. She never reads the thoughts of her boss, Sam, or her friends, or anyone if she can help it. One night, a new patron comes into the bar, which rarely ever happens. This patron is a vampire. (laughs) I'm so excited we're reading a book about the South so all of my words can come out in the proper way. (laughs) A few years ago, vampires came out of the coffin and revealed themselves to the rest of the world. Suki is ecstatic to meet her first vampire and takes his order. They don't have any of the new synthetic blood yet, so the vampire orders red wine, but doesn't drink it. A couple sitting in a nearby table, Mac and Denise Vatre, or as Suki calls them, the rats, are the worst kind of people. They've been in jail. They sell drugs. They're just garbage people. Oh, gosh. Soon, Suki realises that they've left their table and are now sitting with the vampire. Denise, showing off her neck and just being trashy. Suki gets on with the rest of waitressing duties, but often glances over at the vampire. She and her friend Arlene talk about the vampire and about Arlene's boyfriend slash ex-husband, Renee. And then Jason, Suki's brother, comes in. When Suki next goes to the vampire's table, she listens in on the rats and learns that they are vampire drainers and they're planning to do the same tonight. (gasps) They're garbage. They are made of garbage. Absolute garbage people. They are walking garbage. Mm -hmm. Shortly after they leave, Suki follows, but not before asking Jason if she can borrow the chain he keeps in the bed of his truck. She sneaks through the Merlot's parking lot and discovers the rats draining the vampire, his wrists and ankles wrapped in silver. She attacks, and they fight back, 
Mac coming at her with a knife, but she flings the chain and it wraps around his neck. The couple runs off and Sookie frees the vampire, who she learns is named Bill. Romantic. But then the rats come flying by in their car trying to run Sookie down. Ah, oh, they're the worst. Ugh. I hate them. Sookie realizes she can't hear Vampire Bill in her mind and is so pleased. Vampire Bill is stunned by Sookie's lack of fear and the fact that she doesn't want to take his blood since it can heal and increase sexual arousal. He asks her what she is. Well, she's a waitress. When Sookie gets home that night to the house she shares with her grandmother, Adele, who she's lived with since her parents died when she was seven, she tells her about meeting a vampire. Gran, who is a member of the Descendants of the Glorious Dead, is excited to hear there is a vampire in town. Jason comes by the house the next day, angry at Sookie because Renia heard that Sookie attacked the rats that night before. She tried to come back and tell him, but he was busy with one of the other girls at Merlot's. And plus, did Renia tell Jason that Mac and Denise were draining a vampire in Merlot's parking lot and then they pulled a knife on her and then tried to run her over? No. Jason might be pretty to look at, but he's not very smart. No. No, he's not. Bless him. Jason also tells Sookie and Gran that someone killed a girl. Maudette that he used to mess around with. That's literally every girl in town, though. Honestly. (laughs) Then he talks about girls who prostitute themselves to vampires and how Maudette had vampire bites. It's really good, wholesome lunch conversation Mm, that Jason mm, is having here with his grandmother. Yeah, pass the green beans, by the way, drainers. By the way, prostitutes. When he leaves, Gran asks about Vampire Bill and whether or not Sookie thinks he'd come to one of her descendants' meetings. She says she'll ask. Sookie goes to work later and gets shaken by Sam, both physically and mentally. He grabs her shoulders, upset that she faced the rats on her own, and when he touches her, she can't help but read his mind. And it's not like anyone else's. She only gets feelings instead of thoughts, and one of those feelings is attraction. Sam likes Suki. Sam likes Suki. She cannot handle that, so she just ignores it. She likes <laughs> Sam, sure, but he's her boss, so having sex with him wouldn't be a good idea. Sex with anyone isn't a good idea for Suki, though. What with the whole mind reading thing, mm. that would just be awkward. So awkward. Mm-mm. It could also be helpful, but awkward. Mostly awkward. Mostly like, awkward. Like 96% awkward. Yes. 4% helpful. Yes. Yes. But as long as we acknowledge there is a certain element, that would be handy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Renee and another guy, Hoyt Fortenberry, who are friendly with the rat trays and who like to gossip, have told Suki that the rats have been saying nasty things about her, but she knows they're trash, so it's to be expected. Renee is in Merlot's often, but everybody's been in a lot since Maudette was murdered, spreading rumors and gossip. Hmm, hey, Renee's really good at that. 
He's not in the bar a couple days later, though, and Sookie is glad because Vampire Bill has come back. She asks him to meet with her after she gets off work. When that time rolls round, Sookie doesn't find Bill, but she does get violently beaten by the rats. At that, those two things are not similar. No. He snuck up on her at her car and nearly beat her to death. Sookie, he is a dog that comes running up and attacks her attackers, but then she starts fading. The dog licks her face and then Bill shows up, gets rid of the rats and feeds Sookie some of his blood, which heals her. He partakes of a little of her blood from her wounds and she asks if she tastes different than other people. Yeah, she does. Bill asks again what she is and she finally tells him she's telepathic and asks her to come to her grand's meeting. He agrees and asks if she can call on her some night. He plans to come by her house in a couple of days. Oh, nice. Can I call on you sometime, Suki? <laughs> Suki. Excuse me. The next day, Gran gets a gossipy phone call and learns there was a tornado that touched down last night at the trailer where the rats lived and they're dead. Oh. oh, so sad. Deep. Oh, I know. Oh, it's terrible. You know what, though? Um, That's not how tornadoes work. <laughs> no. And uh, Sookie also knows that Bill killed the rat trace. This must be his way of covering it up. <laughs> Faking a tornado. <laughs> I love it. It's busy at Merlot's when Sookie goes in later, on account of all the deaths, and when an out-of-towner grabs Sookie's leg, Renee is there in a second to make the guy apologize and leave. Renee doesn't want anybody bothering a friend of Arlene's or anyone else working at Merlot's. Plus, Sookie reminds him of his sister. It's weird that Renee stood up for her, but she appreciates it. The next day is the day that Vampire Bill calls on Sookie. They chat with Gran and Bill agrees to speak at one of the descendants' meetings and then he and Sookie take a walk. They are very comfortable with each other. Sookie because she can't read Bill's mind and Bill because Sookie has no fear of vampires and they talk about a lot of things. They talk about their abilities and how Bill can levitate and glamour people but when he tries, it doesn't work on Sookie. She can see him going though, which no one else can and they talk about her telepathy and how her whole life has been terrible because of it. And they talk about Bill's past and how he's fixing up his old family home that is right across the cemetery from Sucky and Grand's. They end the night with a long kiss and plans for Sucky to call workmen around town to get them to help with the house repairs. Oh. The next day, Suki makes those calls, but then gets a call from Sam asking her to cover a shift at the bar. Dawn has not shown up for work. Frustrated, she goes into work on her day off and accidentally reads Arlene's mind and learns she thinks she's pregnant and gives her a hug. Arlene knows Suki has read her mind and isn't happy, so Suki gets upset. Sam comes to check on her and tells her she can read his mind if she wants to. But no, she can't do that. She leaves for the night, but Sam's offer still stands. It's a little creepy. It is a little bit. Mm, It is is a little bit. Don't like. No. 
Sucky goes to Bills to talk to him about the workmen, but there are other vampires there too, Malcolm, Liam and Diane. And they are sleazy. Oh, awful. They're visiting from Monroe and they've brought some human feeders with them. Sucky does not like these vampires, mostly because they're not trying to be mainstream or act like human, like Bill is. They're acting exactly like you'd expect vampires to act. They want Sucky like they want the other two humans in the room. But Bill declares, Sucky is mine. Sucky is mine. Sucky is mine. Sucky is mine. And they leave her alone. Yay! (laughs) As they get ready to drink from one of the humans, Sucky looks into his mind and sees that he has a form of AIDS that will kill vampires and she shouts for them to stop. The human lunges and strangles Sucky, and Bill breaks his wrist. The other vampires don't know what to make of what just happened, and they leave, taking their humans with them. Sucky is ready to go home, to forget about the vampires for a while, and so she leaves, leaving Bill a list of workmen that are willing to work on his house. I'm glad she still left those numbers for him. Mm. She's still yeah. very She's still very helpful, despite the terribleness that just happened to her. It, it... <laughs> Is this, is, am I stereotyping by saying that seems a very sudden thing to do? You've made a promise you're going to do it, even if you're not happy with that person. No, that's it. That's accurate. You, like, leave the list and then tell them to have a nice day or, like, you know. Bless your bless heart. You. Bless, yeah, that's it. Bless your heart as you leave yeah. and slam the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. Cool. <laughs> the next day, Sam calls Suki for help again. This time, he asks her to go over to Dawn's place and see why she's not at work. Well, it's because she's dead. Oh, Renee, that's a lives... good excuse not for going to work. It is, and you know, you you couldn't call in because no, you're dead. No, but I bet some employers would expect that. Yes. Why didn't you call and tell me you weren't coming in today? Dead, I'm dead. <laughs> Don't call in if you're a zombie. It's just not worth it. It depends on your boss. Just go eat your boss if they expect you to call in if you're dead. Mm, yeah, that's probably the best way. <laughs> that's um, how a general rule is. Yes. <laughs> Renee lives across the street from Dawn and sees Suki, so he comes over to investigate. When Suki discovers Dawn's body, she yells for Renee to call the police, and soon two cops, Kevin and Kenya, arrive at the scene, and so does Detective Andy Belfler. <laughs> oh. And Sam, he comes too, because he owns the duplexes where Dawn lived. Andy begins interrogating Suki, asking about Dawn and Sam and why Sam made her come to Dawn's and about Bill. He says she'll need to come to the station so they can talk more, but she has to go to work. She's not calling in dead today. (laughs) She insists that Andy come to Merlot's instead. (laughs) It's very busy at Merlot's and Suki gets there. Sam called in Terry Belfler to tend the bar for him while he continued dealing with the crime scene. When Sam arrives, he tells Sucky that the police told him that Dawn had old vampire bites just like Mordette did. Sam thinks maybe that Bill had something to do with their deaths, and when she asks him about his concerns, he says that Bill's not human. (laughs) Well, neither is he. 
Well, neither are you. <laughs> she works hard that night, frustrated with everything that's going on. When she gets home, Bill is waiting and she tells him that he should be worried because both of these girls have been murdered and they've also been vampires. But he suggests they weren't killed by a vampire because they weren't drained of blood. Excellent point, my man. Very good point, Bill. Sucky tells Bill that both girls liked to go to the vampire bar in Shreveport and asks if he'll take her. Yes, he will. Can we go too? I want to go. Me too. I want to go to Fantasia. I really do. Jason comes by Grands later and is very worried. The police are interested in him as a murder suspect because he's been with both the girls who were killed. If he's not related to them, he's been with them. It's pretty has, much a general rule you can apply to Jason. It is true. And, you know, if you uh, if you ask Detective Belfler based on what's going through his mind a lot of the times, Jason has been with his family and everyone else in town. Andy Belfler needs to calm that noggin down. He really does. Mm-hmm. He really, really does. Mm-hmm. So and Gran suggest that Jason needs to not act so worried and to go to work as usual. Do not call in dead. Suki then gets ready to go to Fangtasia, the vampire bar. She puts on a dress that's a little shorter and more revealing than she'd normally wear, and then goes to pick up her paycheck at Merlot's. Everybody in the bar is astonished at her outfit, even Lafayette, the cook. Though he, with his beautiful eyeshadow and false lashes, is more interested in where she bought the dress than how she looks in it. I love Lafayette. Lafayette. Before heading out, Sam comes up and sniffs. It's okay. Weird. That's an odd thing, but a bunch of weird stuff has been going on lately, so she just leaves. I love that that's like, that's what she does. She's like, I can't handle this right now. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to walk out. Like, my boss just sniffed me. Nah, out. (laughs) Just walk out. I'm trying to think, is that a healthy way to, to deal with this? And when it comes to sniffing other people, it's like, yeah, that's just happened. Walk out the door. Maybe he won't ever do it again. Shrug. Hope. I don't know. Just walk away. Just walk away. Bill picks Suki up later and they drive to Fantasia. She's out of place there in her white dress. Everyone else is either wearing black or some sort of vampire costume. Is it me? Am it's I you. there? <laughs> yeah, you're a terrible stereotype, I'm sorry. I know, but I'm almost always wearing black and or pretending to be a vampire. I apologise for being the person in the background going, Whoa. Whoa. I want to suck your blood. Whoa. You've got a cape on. Mm. Oh, I'm swishing that cape. You better <laughs> believe it. There is some serious wafting going on. <laughs> you know we love a good waft. Exactly. <laughs> Sucky asks the bartender, Long Shadow, if he's seen Mordette, Dawn or Jason in the bar. Yes to ladies, no to Jason. They sit for a while and the four fangbangers, humans, who let vampires feed on them, approach Bill, but he rejects them all. Then they go see Eric, a magnificently tall, blonde, handsome vampire who warns the bar and his associate, Pam. Pause here to appreciate. Okay, thank you. They have seen both girls there before. Eric seems particularly interested in Sucky, but when Bill proclaims that Sucky is mine, Sucky is mine, <laughs> Sucky 
<laughs> they return to that table. <laughs> Shortly after, Sucky reads the mind of a policeman who has just called in a raid at the bar. So she, Bill and Eric and Longshadow leave. She tells Eric that she read the man's mind, which makes him even more interested in her. But then she and Bill drive off. They make out a little ways down the road, but are stopped by an officer and go home. Sucky is oddly cool with Bill after this and says he won't call him again. And we all go, wait, what? We all get Why? very confused and with Why? Mm. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Suki said what? <laughs> Suki is mad. <laughs> a few days pass, and then it's time for the Descendants of the Glorious Dead meeting with Bill. Suki had decided not to go. She's still upset with Bill. But when Sam asks her if she'll go with him, like on a date, she agrees. It's a weird date. Sam is a weird date. Did he sniff her again? Probably. Gran excitedly gets everything ready and heads to the meeting early, and then Sam arrives to pick up Sookie. At the meeting, Bill tells about his time in the Civil War and talks about the people he knew at the time whose family members are sitting there, listening intently. After the meeting, Sam and Sookie go for coffee, but it gets pretty awkward when Sam tells Sookie he likes her, and she says it's only after someone else showed interest first. Point well made. When Sam drops Suki off, she goes inside, but immediately knows something is wrong. She checks every room, looking for her gran, and finds her dead in the kitchen in a pool of blood. Oh no. Oh no. Oh. Good. That's not good at all. Suki calls Bill, who comes over immediately. Then they call the police and Jason and Sam. Everyone gets there quickly. Suki decides that the same person who killed Mordette and Dawn killed her gran. It looked like only Suki was home since her car was in the driveway, but gran had parked around the back to bring things in from the meeting. Suki was not even supposed to have been at the meeting. She had said she wasn't going to go, but then she did. Gran died in her place. When she says this, Jason gets angry and lashes out about Gran leaving Suki the house in her will, and then he slaps her. Bill and Sam are on him in a heartbeat, while Detective Belfleur just looks on. Asshole. Later, Bill tells Suki that if anything ever happens to him, she should be with Sam. Hmm. Nice sentiment. Weird. It is a little weird. Mm. Which is weirder, hearing that or being sniffed? Would you rather... (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather be sniffed by your boss? (laughs) Or your sort of boyfriend, sort of ex-boyfriend, setting you up with the sniffing boss? (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. To (laughs) be determined. (sighs) Shortly after this, 
they have a funeral. Everyone in town is there, except for Bill, because it's daytime. And after it's over, a lady Suki can't place asks where her Uncle Bartlett is. She and Jason aren't in touch with him anymore, but Jason says they'd better tell him what happened. Suki makes him do it. She stays away from work for a few days, and Arlene comes over and helps clean out Gran's room that is now Suki's room. Suki has a bath and tries to relax, and then Bill comes over. He brushes Suki's hair, and then they begin making out. Bill carries her to her room where they have sex for Suki's first time. And then her second time. Bill feeds on her as he climaxes, and Suki feels over the moon. Oh! <laughs> oh, Mello. Oh. Would Next. you rather... Oh, wait, no. Would you rather... Bill, brush your hair. Or... Sam, sniff you. I actually have an answer to that, but unless it's in the woods, you're <laughs> The next day at Merlot, Suki is on top of the world until Sam pulls her down by her collar and exposes her bite marks. Most everyone is okayish about Suki and Bill, but not Sam. He says he's worried about her. But she yells at him that he's just mad he never got in line to date her before. She gets to work and soon enough the tension goes away for now. Jason is at the bar, upset over being interviewed by the police over and over about Dawn and Mordette, and Suki suggests he get a lawyer, which is something Renia suggested too. Then everything goes to hell when Malcolm and Diane, the Monroe vampires, come in. Bill is there too, but separately from those two. They make a scene and Bill sides with Suki, letting everyone in the bar know that he's not bad like these two vampires are. Rene yells at them to leave, and they do, but they're not happy. Ooh. That's right, piss off the vampires. Yeah, good idea. Let's good annoy the apex idea. predators. Yes, I really enjoyed this part just because of how Suki describes Diane's outfit. Because she's all the time wearing, like, spandex cat suits. And Suki says that her her suit is so tight she could count her pubic hairs if she wanted to. <laughs> I love it. Don't make me laugh right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. After work, Suki goes to Bill's, where they have sex in his spa-like bathroom. Man, that bathroom. Oh, my God, that bathroom. I want to go to there. It's worth the renovations. Oh, yeah. The next night, they have conversations about their childhoods, and things get serious. Trigger warning here, folks. Trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Suki tells Bill about her Uncle Bartlett, who sexually abused her when she was just a child, back before her parents died when she was seven. She tries to go home after this, but Bill insists that she stay. So she does. He's not there when she wakes up, however. Jason is, though. He's come to pick her up and tells her that someone murdered their uncle. Hmm. Suki doesn't put it together right away. 
for some reason. Sucky, it's basic maths. Yeah. One plus one equals two. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She is relieved that that monster is dead, though. I mean, who wouldn't be? Jason tells her to get over what happened to her and expects her to be sorry that he's dead. But she (laughs) is not. No. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Sookie goes home and gets ready for work. And then it clicks that Bill killed Bartlett for her. You literally hear the penny go... Yes. Oh. There is a Doppler effect with that thought. Yeah. Yes. Sookie confronts Bill about Bartlett. About how he can't just kill everyone that bothers her. Personally, I would not be quibbling about that that murder. No, or the rat trays. I mean, freaking come no, on. No, I've got very little to complain about so far about his murder spree. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Well, after they declare their love for each other, Suki tells Bill she needs some time to decide what to do, so they separate. This is Whiplash City right here. She goes to work when she overhears everyone thinking about killing the Monroe vampires. Everyone. Every single person in the bar wants to murder them. It's like someone is riling them up about it. Bill comes to the bar later and with a young vampire friend who was planning on visiting with Malcolm, Diane and Liam. And Suki only tells Bill to watch out. She regrets it later when she finds out that the angry townsfolk burned the vampire's house and four coffins were found inside. Four. Four. Uh Uh-oh. Now she's doing maths. Yes, she can count to four, but not two. (laughs) Suki goes to the scene and worries she'll find Bill there. But the corpses are just ashes, so she'll have to wait until nightfall to see if he's still alive. Alive? Alive. In quotes? Yes, air quotes. Alive. Alive? Sam goes back with her to her house and makes her clean it from top to bottom to keep her mind off Bill. When the sun sets, even though it's raining, Suki runs through the cemetery separating their houses, screaming Bill's name. He unearths himself, and they have sex right there in a mud puddle. (laughs) Bill carries Suki back to his place after that, and they bathe together again. And I'm sure there's some hairbrushing involved. Now that they're back together, things are better, but they're also worse, because what if the mob burns Bill's house down, too? They spend almost all their time together after that. Everyone in town is still on edge about the murders, and Jason keeps getting hauled in to talk to the police. Now he's in trouble because they found out that Jason had been making sex tapes with Mordette and Dawn. Come on, Jason! Jason, I'm not king shaming you here, but dude, you need to you need to calm it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you do. In desperation, he asks Sucky to read the minds of everyone in the bar to see if she can find the real murderer. She goes home later, overwhelmed at what Jason has asked her to do, and decides not to go to Bill's because she's upset. He comes over to make sure she's okay and to tell her that Eric has asked her for assistance at Fantasia the next night. He suggests she drink his blood to gain some strength and to prepare. She does while they have sex. They're always having sex. Always. So always. much sex. 
constant. The TV show got it right. They did. a lot of sex. Yeah. At Fantasia the next night, Eric asks Suki to read the minds of the humans that work for him because someone has embezzled $60,000. <gasps> she does and says she'll do it whenever he needs her to, as long as they go through the proper channels and turn the responsible person over to the police. Then she has a flash inside Eric's mind that he could make her do whatever he wants by threatening Bill. But then she's out of his mind and back to focusing on her job for the night. She interrogates the humans and finds out that it wasn't one of them who stole from Eric. But instead, it was Long Shadow. Ooh, snap. Ooh, and he realizes she knows just as she figures it out. (gasps) He attacks and bites her arm right before Eric stakes him, and he explodes into a puddle of blood and goo. Mm. She gets his blood in her mouth, and it turns all the vampires in the room on. That's not awkward at all. (laughs) All of them? Crazy. She and Bill are able to make it out of there, even though Bill is also feeling the bloodlust. After she gets home, she decides she's through with vampires for a while. Again. (gasps) Insert eye roll here. At Merlot's the next day, everyone has eyes for Sucky. Drinking so much vampire blood has made her healthier and even prettier than usual. She gets to work, both literally and figuratively. She does all her waitressing duties and also listens to everyone's minds, trying to find out who the murderer is. She doesn't learn anything, though, but comes back that night after her shift and tries again. She sits with Jason most of the night, listening, until Bill comes in with a girl. (sighs) This sets Suki on edge until Bill tells her that this girl was a gift from Eric that he needs to return. (laughs) This image of just sticking some postage stamps on her forehead and taking her to the post office is delightful. Can you give this back, please? Return to Return sender. To sender. <laughs> <laughs> Jason offers to drive the girl back to Monroe. Would you trust Jason? Sorry. And no! Does he have his video camera on him? <laughs> you need to check. It's a basic check. Eric is going to want more from her, and there's not much Bill can do about it because Eric is older and stronger than he is. He's also hotter. He is so much hotter. Sucky jokes he is like the head vampire region 10 or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually not too far from it. The next day, Arlene asks if Sookie will watch her kids, Kobe and Lisa, that night so she and Renee can go on a date. Renee brings them by, and then Bill comes over, too. They have a good night, and then when Arlene and Renee come to pick the kids up, another vampire comes out of the woods. Ooh. This vampire looks very familiar to everyone, and he probably really would have enjoyed that return to sender joke we made earlier. His name is definitely Bubba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is not what you think it is. Even though that's exactly who he is and why they're always sightings of him everywhere. Bill 
has asked Bubba to stay in the woods and keep watch over Suki because he has to go to New Orleans on business for a few days. This is weird, but it's okay. It's also weird that Bubba likes to drink cats instead of humans. Something is not right about mm. Bubba. <laughs> I love Elvis Vampire. Bubba. <laughs> it's Bubba. Don't Bubba. say Elvis. Bubba. Don't say Elvis. You're going to get wrong. This is Bubba. He's going to kill you if you say Elvis. Doesn't like to get blood on his blue suede shoes. <laughs> or any of his spangly outfits. It's not very Viva in his Las Vegas, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, there is no Viva in his Las Vegas. The next day at Merlot's, Arlene talked about Bubba a little and how good Rennie was when talking to the vampires the night before. Apparently he doesn't like vampires at all because his sister got mixed up with them. Sam asks if Suki will look over some waitress applications. He needs to hire someone new and so Suki sorts through the five that could fit. Then she sees a cup from the gas station where Mordette worked and then gets nervous that it is Sam who has been killing everyone. No, it couldn't be Sam. It couldn't be. It couldn't be Sam. He's guilty of sniffing. He is, but not murder. Or is he? <laughs> Suki goes home, but is uneasy all night. She tries to call Jason, but he's not home. Or at Marlotte's. Sam's not in either. He's got Terry Belfler working for him again. Terry calls back a little later, saying that Jason is there now, so Suki goes up there to see him. But he's not there, and he hasn't been there. Terry says so, but, you know, maybe he's just having an off night. Terry's not... His mind doesn't always function as properly as it should. Suki goes back out to her car, and there's a little collie dog out there waiting on her. She brings the dog home with her, and after she's sure he won't pee on anything, she names him Dean and gets in bed. Dean joins her. Dean is a stupid name for a dog. (laughs) It is. (laughs) When Suki wakes up the next morning, Dean is still in bed with her. Except it's not Dean, it's Sam! And he's naked. Can I just insert here that I would rather have Sam in bed with me than Dean? (laughs) Wink, wink. Pointed look to camera. Sam Winchester is the better Winchester brother. Supernatural reference. If you didn't get that, I'm ashamed of you. (laughs) Sam. Sam explains that he's a shapeshifter and can turn into the last animal he looks at. Why didn't he tell her this before? (sighs) Explains the sniffing. It does explain the sniffing. Suki finds Sam some of Jason's old clothes, but as he's getting dressed, Andy Belfleur drives up. Sam turns into the collie again, and the detective comes inside, exhausted. He wants to know if Bill was here the night before, or if Suki has heard from Jason. 
Andy says that another girl was killed. The same girl that Sucky picked out for Sam to hire Emma Lotz. Uh-oh. Oh. Sucky convinces Andy to take a nap while she runs some errands, and then she and Sam, who was fully dressed and human again, leave. It's Sucky the murderer. Yeah. You know, I don't really get why Sookie takes Sam back to Merlots as Sam. Because they're like, nobody better see you, Sam. Nobody better see you getting out of my car. Because that's going to be real confusing for everyone. Like, just, why don't you just drop the dog off? She can't do one plus one. Convoluted, not simple. Right. Okay. That's my only answer. That's all I can come up with. I I don't know otherwise. All right. So whatever. They uh, they drive to Merlot's and they see Jason's truck in the parking lot. He's inside, but is drunk or drugged or something, and bloody. And. There's another videotape. Oh, come on. Come on, Jason. Jason, man, for the period of time that you're going to be accused of being a murderer, can you keep it in your pants? <laughs> no. Suki tells Ain't Sam to call an ambulance dog. just as Arlene pulls into work. Jason gets checked into the hospital, still unconscious, but the doctor promises to call as soon as he wakes up. Andy is gone when Suki gets back home. He's at the hospital now, too. And he's going to arrest Jason when he comes to... (sighs) Suki knows her brother. And she knows that he would never kill anyone. But the evidence is really stacking up against him. Yeah. Stop making those videotapes. Sookie calls Bill at his hotel in New Orleans, but he doesn't return her calls. Then she talks to Jason's lawyer and tells him she wants Jason out on bail, that she believes someone has set him up because they are jealous of how many women he sleeps with. He's literally (laughs) sleeping with everyone. Literally everyone. Everyone in town. Jason is bailed out and Sookie spends the day at Merlot's, creeping out the bar patrons by listening intently to everyone's thoughts. Sam sends her home and she's not there for very long before she hears a yowl outside. She checks on Bubba, but he doesn't respond. Then she tries to call the police, but the line has been cut. She decides to grab the keys to Bill's and the rifle her grand kept and run to Bill's to call the police. The rifle is gone though. Someone has been inside her house. Oh no! I suspect... This is the type of small town where people don't lock their doors. Yeah, nah. Even though there's a murder spree going on. Nah. And someone was literally murdered in that house. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Don't lock the doors. No. Suki sneaks through the woods and comes upon Bubba's body. Unconscious or dead, she's not sure. There's also a dead cat nearby. And Suki surmises that someone drugged the cat to feed to Bubba. Someone who knew Bubba preferred to eat animals. Then Suki opens her mind and hears and sees terrible things. Hate. Black. Red. 
Dawn being punched and strangled, Maudette naked and beaten, another naked woman covered in bruises, her gran fighting for her life in the kitchen, Arlene's kids playing. She is inside Renee's mind. Then she sees herself through his eyes and runs. That's terrifying. That is terrifying, yikes! She takes off through the cemetery and hides, then calls out to Rene, asking if his sister is still alive. No, she is not. Sucky sees that Rene killed his sister when she wouldn't stop seeing the vampire she was with, and then he violated her corpse. Oh! Yeah. When Sucky leaves Rene's mind, he's upon her and punches her in the face. They fight. Sucky, much stronger than she should be, but with all that vampire blood she's recently ingested, Rene still manages to knock her to the ground and begins strangling her. But she reaches to his belt and finds a knife there. She stabs him in the gut. He staggers around and falls over, and Sucky manages to walk to Bill's and call the police before passing out. Sucky wakes up in the hospital with the police, and Andy tells her that Rene was talking about how he was trying to kill her and was upset that he didn't when they found him. And... Unfortunately, he's still alive. Great. Jason comes by then, upset that his sister had to fight his battles for him. That makes her want to kick him, but she's too weak for that. (laughs) Then Arlene comes in, crying that her friends were killed and attacked by her boyfriend slash ex-husband. Jason and Arlene leave together, talking about Renee and how they both trusted him. So he gets a flower delivery a little later and sees some from Merlot's and some from Jason's lawyer, and one oddly sexual-looking arrangement from <laughs> Eric. How flowers look sexual, I can only Google. Uh, you don't know about all those flowers that look like vaginas? Oh, those ones. There's like I... a whole, there's a whole series of paintings based on vagina flowers. I need to Google. <laughs> but there's nothing from Bill. Nothing. She dozes off and has terrible dreams, then wakes up to Bill standing at her bedside. She's mad that he never returned her calls, but he says he wanted to tell her what he did in person. He thought in order to make their relationship more protected from Eric, who could basically order Bill to stop seeing Sucky if he chose to, that he should run for vampire office, making him more powerful in Eric's eyes. So he did, and he won! He's now the investigator for Region 5. Whatever that means. It's Georgia O'Keeffe. That's the artist. You need to look her up. Okay. Now that he's back, all Bill wants to do is kill Renee. Heal Suki with his blood and take her home. But she refuses all of those things. She'll get to go home from the hospital soon enough and she'll heal just fine. She doesn't want anyone else to be murdered, so she asks that Bill just let Renee either die on his own in intensive care or to let the police handle him. She just wants things to be normal again. As Bill goes to turn off the light, a collie trots by her hospital room, and Eric flies outside the window. (laughs) Sure, Zucky, things are going to get back to normal soon enough. Sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. Sure they are. It's fine. Totally normal. 
There's a dog in the hospital. It's totally normal. That's just unhygienic. <laughs> dog in the hospital. <laughs> I know George O'Keefe's landscapes, not the flowers, by the way. I've just Googled. <laughs> do you need to take a? Do we need to take a break? We need to take a slight, small break so you can look at Georgia O'Keeffe's vagina paintings. I'm going to go and look, yeah. The, I've, I, the, the landscapes I've seen before, but not the vagina paintings. So come okay. back to me in a minute. All right. All right. What's up, fellow book nerds? It's time to feed your fiction shelf addiction. Hear book club style roundtables, bookish chats, and more. Join Tamara and her friends for fantasy and thriller read-alongs and other shenanigans over on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Listen now on your podcatcher of choice. Subscribe for free and you too can have a shelf addiction. So did we all have a chance to look at vagina flowers? Don't you just love a vagina flower? (laughs) So great. I would really enjoy a vagina flower if Eric sent it to me though. Mm, Yeah. I wonder what kind of flower it was. Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, a lily? I don't know. It's described as exotic. So who knows? Paradise. Who knows? It's a vagina. It doesn't matter. Anyway. So, so. (laughs) As I was reading Dental Dark again, the word again is underlined because unlike the vampire academy slash bloodlines read through that we did last year for vampire Mm -hmm. book club Mm -hmm. i have read these books before i've seen true blood yes i've only ever watched the tv series once but i have seen it Um, i've i've read them and seen them multiple times (laughs) (laughs) but i was surprised at what i'd forgotten since the last reading of the books Yes. And how different it was from the TV series in certain respects. Yeah. So my memory hadn't remembered it. But what I was also worried about was how tainted my recollection may be. And that may inform opinions. Mm. I didn't have that issue with Vampire Academy or Bloodlines because I read them as we went on. Yes. I didn't look ahead at all purposefully. I was right. very, very hand on heart. I swear on whoever's life you want me to swear on, I never looked ahead even to the summary. Yes. Last year at yeah. all. Yeah. But this one's different. So I'm worried that opinion's going to be tainted because I know things about characters. I'm like, that in a reread, you start to notice those little those little tells those little picky things yeah so when the big reveal happens you go i know it was there i just didn't put it together the first time around yeah so i am a little concerned about that but i don't think it was too bad this time there was more things i thought oh i thought that happened later on in the series Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, Sam's reveal, specifically. Mm-hmm. I thought it was in book two. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was in this one. I completely forgot that we knew Sam was a shapeshifter so early on. Yeah. So that was my favorite scene, though. That was my <laughs> favorite scene from the entire thing. When mm. she wakes up 
And she's like, oh, Dean must have crawled back up into bed and he's laying with me and now his arm is wrapped around me. And then she's like, his arm? What? (laughs) And then she sits up and she's like, Sam, what are you doing here? And he says, woof. (laughs) Yeah, that is one of the best scenes in the entire book. Yeah, it was was really good. It was very... um, Slapstick comedy, kind of sitcom, sitcom kind of comedy. Yeah. I really enjoyed that bit. Yeah, yeah, me too. Bubba was another one who I forgot was early on, so early on. Yes, you know, I just forgot about Bubba altogether because I have watched True Blood more recently than I have read the books. And actually, I read... I read this one um, in 2020. I was going to wow. start the series over again then, I, I but I only read the first one. And I was like, wait, I don't remember Bubba. But I've just blocked him out already since oh, then. Oh, I but, remember Bubba because I love the fact they never see his human they never, name never, at all. They never. Maybe no. do, but don't. Right. And, oh, bad things would happen if you did. Yeah. But what I was getting at when saying that I started reading the series over again is that Instead, we just watched True Blood again. So I've yeah. watched True Blood in the past couple of years, only, only up to season four. No, <laughs> I stopped after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very, it's really very similar, especially the first book. I mean, there's no Tara though. There's no Tara. Tara shows up later on in the series, and she's like just a one-off character who's like. A cheerleader who owns a store or something. She she's is a wedding, not. She, she's a wedding dress store or something like that. Yeah, she cute. is. She is not the Tara no. from the TV no. show. Not at all. No. No, not it's. At all. I I have not seen the Troop of TV series since it was on the TV. I think um, I got disappointed in how much it diverged from the books. Um. So yeah, because our favorite character disappeared, which we shouldn't talk about him until we get to that book. Yeah, there is a character that, that we both... At the same, it was like one of those, see your favorite character after three, one, two, three. Mm. And we both said the same person, which made yes. us obviously squee. Yes. Um, and it's probably not who most people will be expecting us <laughs> to be excited over. No. But we're both Ooh. very excited for oh, him to show yes, up later I on. I cannot wait. Um... But yeah, I knew they weren't in the first book. But yeah, I didn't realise Sam's reveal was in the first book still. I couldn't remember that. And I thought Bubba came in later. I was mm. surprised by that. Yeah. Um, and that, 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 that was probably the two big things that I, I hadn't remembered. Um, I remembered that Gran dies in this book, which yeah. is very, very sad. Because I really like the Gran character. Yeah. Um. And I remembered that it was the bartender in Fantasia that was like, the bad guy in Fantasia. Yeah. I also thought Fantasia played a little more of a part in the first one. Um, they were there a bit more, but they went twice? Twice? One, yeah. Yes, twice. One to go to investigate for Jason and the other time at Eric's behest. Yeah. You know, I... I kind of thought 
that Fantasia wasn't even really mentioned in this one at all. I thought Fantasia came into play in like later on. So it's funny that you think there should be more Fantasia and I thought there would be less Fantasia. Yeah. I think I, I knew Eric came in early. Eric and Pam. And Pam is one of my all-time favorite vampires in the history of vampire creation. Yes. Um she she is who I want to be as a vampire, I think. You know, she is a she is a vampire role model in my opinion. Yeah. Um I remember Eric being in. Um I think what my recollection is, um, before we start really getting into the nitty gritty of other things, is I remember I Eric was very um, stuck in Fantasia for a while. Like if you want the character to see the Eric character, you have to visit Fantasia to see the Eric character. It's almost yeah. like you know, on a video game, yes. you have to go to Fantasia to to visit that particular NPC. Um, and it, it takes a while for him to come out of the confines of Fantasia for us mm-hmm. to actually see Eric a, a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, the th- I, I knew he was in it. I knew he went to Fantasia, but I thought we were there a little bit more. But yeah. We'll just have to wait. It's interesting how... I didn't read the series like, one after the other. I, I, I think I bought the first three books together. I remember mm. buying them in York in Borders Bookstore and it was the covers that sold me. I absolutely adore the illustrated covers mm-hmm. um, and I got the three and I think I probably read the first three off the bounce and then after that it was as they were coming out yeah so they're not mushed together like another other series might be they are quite nicely separated and I, pro- I don't think I did I, I don't think I did the rereads of the series you know how you when a new book's coming out you reread all of the other ones sure I probably did it once or twice but as it was getting to such a big series and I didn't have the audiobooks at the time um, I, I wouldn't have done that I have, I was very happy when we decided actually to do the Suki Stackhouse books, I checked my Audible account and I had all but three on nice. Audible already so I'm very yeah. happy by that You haven't read all the series though right? No, no okay. and this is really exciting me because <sighs> spoilers, something happens it's kind of like an end of an arc, end of a end of a story arc, and it starts to get into a new one. Mm-hmm. And I got a little disenchanted with the series. Yeah. So I haven't actually read the last three. Wow. So November and both December's episodes. Yes, there's thirteen, so you get two in December. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happens. That's going to be exciting. I am very excited about that. And there's also a series of short stories that's being released in an anthology, which yes. is what happens at the end yes and i have an idea for that which i will talk about offline because i don't want no prying listening ears to hear what it could be because i think they'll be they'll be excited about that no spoilers um so my story with these is a little bit different um i checked out i don't remember how many were out at the time but i grabbed a whole shelf of them from the library because it was um there's about to be a snowstorm and I thought well what am I going to do because the library is going to be closed for a while I have to entertain myself I'm not going to be able to leave my house so I grabbed a literal shelf of books and just read them all back to back to back to back to back so I don't recall how many I read in that chunk and then I had to wait for the next ones to come out but I don't remember when that like when it happened 
so I don't remember where I was, but I have read all of them. And I'm very sad because I owned quite a few of them too, but I let someone borrow them, including my signed copy, my signed copy of book four, which was my favorite at the time. And they're just gone now. Oh no. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, my last three don't fit. They're the solid color covers. Yeah, yeah I don't like those. No, I, I remember having book nine. And yeah, book nine. Just bought it in hardback in the UK. Not happy with the cover. We're on holiday to Orlando and found it in the bookshop in the airport with the beautiful colour. Yeah. And buying that one for $30 and going, I don't care, I need this cover. Yeah. So it's the last three I don't have in the beautiful illustrations. Yeah. I had the paperbacks for most of them. Yeah, I've got paperbacks. You know, the publishers do this when a series starts to get popular. They make more money because of the hard, they put it in hardback. I, yeah. I mean, them, that's how it always feels. So I have some paperback, some large trade, some trade, some paperback, and then some hardback. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it goes into a line at an angle. Yeah. Anywho, should we actually talk about the contents of the book? Yes, maybe we should. Maybe we should. <laughs> we did talk about it a little bit with our, our surprise that Sam... <laughs> Sam was there and said woof <laughs> woof oh. right so so okay. what the hell is going on with her she falls in love with Bill so quickly like we don't know the man no we don't um, and I think I really think that's part of the reason why she falls so hard for him is because she can't read his mind Okay. And she has to take, like, everything he says as the truth, you know, because she's not reading his mind, so she just believes everything that he says. Do they have and, any conversations, though? Because as soon as they start having sex after the first time, that's all they're doing. Yeah, but, like, she couldn't, she didn't do that with anyone else either. So, I mean, this is her first time. She's, like, 25. She's really into it. And... Okay. You know, do you need words? Do you need words after that? No, but I also think that she's declaring her love for him. And it seems very quick. And yes, a physical attraction can, you know, help inform your emotional feelings. That's fine. Yeah. But she goes so far, so quickly. But also... I don't want to see vampires anymore. We can't see Bill. Bill, I love you. Bill, I can't see you. Bill, I need you. She is a flip-flop. She's she's giving me emotional rollercoaster whiplash. Yes. She is back and forth so many times. And I hate... I hate that, like, she... She falls back in, like, to Sam. Like, just because you find out that he likes you doesn't mean you have to rebound onto him that's this is not an fair. excellent point you you've raised an excellent point she tells sam you only started to like me when somebody else started to show interest so i'm sorry you know that's not gonna happen right but then as soon as things start going south with bill or you know rightly or wrongly sometimes i think she's projecting things are going weird 
it, it's getting heavy and it's getting very adult and you know like we said she's 25 but she's been quite reclusive from everybody and cut off yeah because of the telepathy which is fair so she's not used to that kind of social interaction that's that's fine but then as soon as anything gets a little bit difficult she goes running to sam and i feel sorry for sam at this point because he must not know where the boundaries are going to be hence the sniffing yeah Um, but you know he he's made his intentions clear and you know i bet he was actually very flirty with her beforehand oh probably she just didn't pick up on the signs and because she couldn't read his mind hello red flag well also it's not that she just couldn't read his mind she actively chose not to so she tried really 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 hard not to ever read his mind which is fair when it's your boss you don't want to read your mind your boss's mind yeah so i thought i mean i'm fully supportive of that but we don't know how flirty or suggestive sam might have been to like you know trying to make his intentions towards her yeah more obvious especially when you're the boss it's like you're taking advantage of your authority figure you're not supposed to do that you're not you're not supposed to date your subordinates Mm. it's not Mm. a good look is it different in a bar there's not really like a promotional structure i guess but still it's weird you're in a position of power over someone you shouldn't date them oh no i agree it's weird it is but yeah it it, it just the roller coaster gave me so much whiplash yes. i didn't know what was going on at times and it was it's, it, especially the first time mm. i think the first time it happens when like they're they're or I don't know if it's the first time, but they're making out in the car on the way home from Fantasia. And then all of a sudden she's like, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> like, what? You were literally just making out in the car. Your tongue down his throat would suggest otherwise. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't she, it's know. like she gets out of the car and she's like, Okay, well, I'm not going to talk to you again. <laughs> no. I mean, I will grant her her prerogative is to say no and to stop. She's allowed to do that. Sure, of course she is, but it was really weird. But it was, as the reader looking in, uh, as our point of view, from Sucky's point of view, there was no forewarning that that was how she was feeling, that there was any sense of being overwhelmed yeah. or unsure. It was just no it was confusing it was very confusing i mean she has every right to say no and to back off sure of course just, there was there didn't feel like there was any background any warning that it was going to happen yeah yeah um weird. something else that i thought was weird mm-hmm. um you know when they go to fantasia for the second time to do the uh, to do the investigation and Suki can read Eric's mind? Oh, well. For just a couple of seconds? There are theories. There are theories. Is it because she's full of vampire blood? Mm-hmm. Do you think also he might have been projecting? <laughs> like maybe he's trying to make her be able to read his mind? Well, I mean, he suspects slash knows she's telepathic. You've got to be, you know interested for science 
Yeah. So yeah, I think Eric would be pushing some thoughts towards her to see, well, can she read my mind? She might yeah. be lying about not being able to read vampire minds. But certainly having the vampire blood in her veins to the quantity that she has is going to be helpful towards making that work. Yeah. I also, can't remember if that's an element that happens later on in the series. I can't remember either. But also Eric is a very old and powerful vampire. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible that he has those abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Also, every everyone's different. That's that's something that comes up when Suki and Bill are first on their like walk around her house. She's like, "So can you levitate?" And he's like, "Well, yeah." And then he's like, "Can you sing?" And she's like, "No." Well, yeah, it's the same. Like all of us can do different things. We can't. We can't all do everything. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't really know about Eric at the moment. We don't. I, I just can't remember specific details. I, I remember, can't either. I can't I either. I v- vague ages. Yes. I mean, well, Eric's a Viking. Yeah. Hello, we know this. <laughs> yes, we know this. We know this is true. And we know that... I mean, we for sure know about Bill. He died, or he was turned vampire at 30, and he was in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a good idea of his age. Yeah. Speaking of Vampire Bill's age, I do like the fact that they always always refer to him as Vampire Bill. Yes, Vampire Bill. <laughs> Which Bill? You know, Vampire Bill. There's only one Bill. Yeah, well, because Arlene, when when Sookie says that she's dating Bill, she's like, Bill, who's his name? Bill, that guy from the other town? And she's like, no, Vampire Bill. <laughs> oh, that oh. Bill. <laughs> Oh. The only Bill in the town, the one that's a vampire, yes. Oh, <coughs> vampire Bill. We need to have the age difference in a relationship question yet again. Yes, we do. So we established within the Twilight series, Edward is physically a 17-year-old and has the mentality maturity of a 17-year-old, though he has his life experience of a hundred and X amount. Yeah. And also the ability to read people's minds, which... Yeah. 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 And we established when we talked about Lore of Olympus that when you are an omnipotent being, such as a god, age doesn't mean anything. Yeah. They don't really count the age. Yeah. But when we were reading Bloodlines slash Vampire Academy... Jill being 15 and Eddie being 19 was a red flag of, you no, 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 because there's a distinct maturity level. Yes, difference. and that is their true age. They are that only like, that many years old. Exactly. There's also certain legalities as well. Yes. So here we have Sucky, who's 25, and Vampire Bill, who is 100 and X amount, depending on when it takes place. Yeah. 130, would you say, would be reasonable? At least. Ish. Yeah. But he is definitely the physical age of a 30-year-old. Yes, he looks like a 30-year-old man. His body is dead. Yes. Um, And he has the mentality of a very mature individual who probably lived that full 
hundred and X amount of life. Yes, and probably remembers a lot of the things that he has done in those hundred and thirty years. Yes. So I feel like back to that question again of appropriateness. But then Suki is twenty five. She's an yeah. adult. Suki's an adult. She can she can sleep with a hundred and thirty year old. She can sleep with a you know thousand year old vampire if she wants to because she's an adult. Yeah. So we're we're fine as long as legalities are observed. Yes. Legalities and consent. Yes. Okay. Those are those are the most important things. Are we ignoring the potential necrophilia involved in this? Yes. Cool. Because they're, it's not, at least in the vampire's case, not in Renee's case. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, Renee. I forgot how bad Renee was. Yeah. Renee with his sister. Yeah. And also the other corpses. He, He violated the corpses of the other girls that he killed too. That, not okay with. No. Do you know why? Consent. Yes. Yes. Consent is key. Yeah. So Okay. So I think I think consent almost even trumps age for me. At least like if we're going back to the Eddie and jailbait situation. Well, it's consent and legalities in in that situation. Right. Yes. But she's okay with it at 15. And yeah, it's gross because she's 15 and he's not 15. But still, she's okay with it. It's not it's not an Uncle Bartlett. No, the kissing is fine. I don't want them going past second base. You know, just the kissing. That's all we need. Yeah, first base, that's it. No more. That's all we need right now. Then you need to become legal. Then, then you can do whatever you, you to, want. Then you need to give your consent again. Yeah. And then you can do whatever you want. Yep. So that's how we feel about that. Okay. <laughs> this topic just keeps coming back around because it's just, I mean, when you're talking vampires, it's going to happen. It is going to happen. And, you know, something that we didn't mention in the summary because it wasn't true. So I thought, well, why even include this? Because it'll just be confusing. But there is some discussion at the beginning of this book that vampires aren't dead that they just have a virus that has made them allergic to the sun and garlic and you know being able to come inside people's houses if they're allergic to it and make but them then levitate and levitate and glow and all of that stuff they do say that and they do mention it a couple of times that it's a virus but then when Sam turns into a dog and she's like wait this is not a virus making you be able to turn into animals and he's like nope it's supernatural and that's how vampires are too and then she's like oh so does that mean and he's like yeah Bill's really dead (laughs) sorry Yeah. (laughs) You know, if Sam, it's the last animal that he sees, would you be like with flashcards going, do this, now do this, do an iguana? Yeah, (laughs) I mean. Can you do an orca? 
Can you do a pangolin? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, might, I might be into that. I mean, he keeps a book open on his coffee table with this collie that he likes so much. But I love that he picks a collie because he's like, collies are big dogs, but everyone thinks they're nice. <laughs> so that's what I pick. Good choice. It's a good choice, Sam. It's an excellent choice. It is really, it's a very smart choice. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to trust a collie. <laughs> oh, dear me. Sam, Sam's my favorite. Can we just skip, can we just skip onto that? Sam yeah. is probably my favorite. Yeah, I would say, I agree. Sam is one of my favorites. I, Grandma Stackhouse is one of mine as well. Yeah, poor Gran. She was so into a vampire being in town and, like, putting people in their place about him. You know, like, don't be weird. He's a vampire. And she was just, she was just fine with it. And then she was really into it because she likes history. And... Hey, you know what? If that's what helps people get over any hang-ups and hiccups, that's fine. Um, because through Suki's telepathy, the majority of Van Tomp are hugely racist towards vampires. Yes, they are. And they're also racist toward... Race. Races. <laughs> Very. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's probably one of the things I forgot about as well, how intensely prejudiced... The vast majority of Bon Tomp is. Yeah, well, that's the South for you. They're terrible. Everybody here is terrible. I mean, not everybody. I'm not terrible. Yes, I am. But not for that reason. <laughs> not for that reason. Just, You're ridiculous. You know. not terrible. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Andy Belfler is a dick. Andy Belfler was weird, and I did not remember him being so weird. And also, he's like, I have the I have the True Blood Andy mm-hmm. Belfler in my head, and not the Andy Belfler who's in this book, who's like a, he's just a, like a couple years older than Jason, yeah. and he's like strapping and handsome and like well built. And then the Andy Belfler in the TV series is like paunchy and balding, and he's middle aged. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I like that Suki, when she's, when he's um, talking to her and she's like, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Just get on with it. You know? And she's like, you know, I can read mine. Shut up. (laughs) I just, I like that. And then before she gets to that point when she just kind of accidentally lets it slip that she's read his mind and then he starts thinking about weird stuff just to throw her off. Mm-hmm. That was gross. Like, why? Why? Why don't you think about something funny or, you know, something... Why did you have to go to incest? That's the question. Yeah, There's no that... reason to leap to there. Think yeah. about purple elephants or something like that. Yeah, it's like, think about everyone in their underwear. That's what people tell you to do, you know. Yeah. think of, Like, why can't you... Why can't you think about literally anything else? But I do like that after, I mean... Not the fact that after he got what he wanted, but when he realizes that, yes, she is reading my mind and she gets really upset and, like, dumps a soda on him, then he feels bad. So that is good? 
But why do you have to take it that far? Mm. I think this is where the... This is where the... I mean, see it as a problem or see it as a bonus. Where we've read further into the series, we know that certain characters have a really good growth arc. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing that again. Yeah. And Andy Belfler is one of those characters. It's like Terry Belfler is in, but he isn't in a fraction of the amount that he his character is in the TV series. Mm-hmm. And I kind of missed that. The same with Lafayette. I missed that character being in the book from the TV series. And I think that's where yeah. the TV series actually stood out well with those two particular characters. Yeah, yeah. And it's a shame that they aren't as developed in the books, which is, you know, the source material. So yeah. that's not possible. But yeah, I had this, uh, some of the disconnect issue with Andy as well. And it was, it was, it took me a while and I still, I still picture TV Andy Belfler. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <me> <laughs> um, do you, do you remember that they were saying that they were going to reboot True Blood? Has anything come of that? I don't think anything has, and to be fair, there's so much, there's so many other TV programs that are in development from other book source material. I think they're going yeah. to take precedent. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather get a House of Night than another True Blood. We need something else. Yeah. Especially if like Vampire Academy does actually get made, that's. No. I mean, yeah. True Blood is more adult. Yeah. It needs to be adult. And a lot yeah. of it's in, within the YA realm. Yeah. Well, I don't I have don't high hopes for Vampire Academy. But we've it's... already had this discussion. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to see House of Night. But I just love House of Night. I can't just shut up everyone. I can't help it. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Surprises? Oh my god, I completely, like, Jason is a jerk. Yes! I have Ryan Quantin from True Blood in my head, and I love, love Jason in True Blood, but in in this book, especially, like, he hits Sookie. He's awful! He's so mean! I forgot how mean he was. Yeah, he is mean. Ugh. No, I, I, senseless. Mean. Yeah, but, and yeah. then with the whole Uncle Bartlett thing, oh. and like Sookie, you just need to get over it. Like, no. no, I don't. Well, it didn't happen to anyone else. Yes, it did. It happened to other people, and Gran was keeping you safe from him. No gross stop it it just goes to show you how absolutely clueless jason is which is probably the more biggest similarity of book jason to tv show jason because they're both clueless about everything but at least true blood jason is endearing and a bit of a goofball book jason is a jerk and just nasty with it. And yeah. it's the way he's, he slaps Sucky, accuses her of setting up the grandmother's death so she can inherit the entirety of the grandmother's house. Yeah. And is is generally being a horrible, mean person. 
and then expects her to help him. Yeah. And then she does. And she does. And I know she lives on the principle that, you know, blood is thicker than water. He's family. I'm going to help family. Yeah. And we've talked about it before. That Sometimes you need to let a family member go and you can't be in my life anymore because it's toxic. Right. And I'm screaming all the way through. It was like, you need to dump Jason. Yeah. He, He doesn't know boundaries. He doesn't know when to stop. It's awful. I just hope... I mean, I know that I like Jason later on in the series. Yes. I don't remember, like, when these changes happen. But I I think it's safe to say we can hope that after the way he acts in this book and what happens to him and how much Sookie helps him, that he's going to stop being so terrible. I think, like, it's got to be this one. This has got to be the stopping point. I can't remember. I know that he has a lot of hard lessons, though. Yeah. But that's the thing with this series. Charlene Harris isn't afraid to put her characters through hell. Yeah. And she does. Yeah. It's not a, sometimes it's not a comfortable read, like the Uncle Bartlett bits. Yeah. Um, and I remember reading somewhere that Charlene Harris and Jim Butcher, who's the Dresden Files mm. um, author, um, like almost had a competition to see how horrible they could be to their main characters. And it was a sucky in, in Dresden books. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of like that because because the books are you know, told in first person as well, you know that person's going to survive. Yes. Yeah. It's almost feels like a cheat. You know they're going to survive because otherwise you lose the perspective. Um, but I like the fact that they don't keep them safe. There's no point in keeping them safe. There's no story in keeping them safe. But also there's so many characters that are around them. You know, we have the entirety of Bontemps. We have Fantasia. And we leave Louisiana yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, they people... already leave Louisiana in the next book. The next book is Living Dead in Dallas. Exactly. So they go to Dallas already, and there's a lot of Mississippi that creeps in later. Exactly. So we know there's all these characters come in, and I can remember some of them. I can't remember specifics, but I remember vagueness and mm-hmm. thinking, I mean, like, our favourite character hasn't appeared right. yet. Right, Um, And just thinking that they help develop so much that you can't all be sunshine rainbows and sparkles. There has to be terrible things these yeah. vampires are not sparkly happy go like lucky vampires no. they want blood they see you as food yes they're gonna rip your throat out yeah yeah they are the ha- i mean just look at that section in fantasia when suki got the blood in her mouth and everybody got a boner yes everybody everyone exactly. it was immediate boners exactly boners everywhere so it's a highly sexual, highly charged universe that's being built. Yeah. So if you're going to have a highly sexualized, you're going to have quite a violent side as well. Because, you know, it all ties together. Yeah. So you're not going to be happy. No. I do like, going back to consent, I do like the um, the fact that Suki asks Bill not to drink her blood one time 
and she's like, I know that it's that it's good for you to to end that way. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's nothing better. And she's like, but can you not? And he's like, oh, of course. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yes, of course I won't drink your blood this time because you asked me not to. Of course. Yeah. And then that's but, it. And the, that's, the th- that's the thing with the the, the vampires within the Sucky Sackhouse world. What what did we what did we read or watch and it was if you are a Oh it was the Molly Harper series of books, you so you've never actually read them. Where the lead character is called Jane and she's a librarian. Um and she 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 gets turned into a vampire as well. And she points out if you were a shitty person in real life, the chances are you're going to be a shitty person as a vampire. Which is the same as if you're a good person in real life, the chances yeah. are you're going to be a good person as a vampire. Yeah. You just, as a vampire, it's going to be times ten. Yeah. And this is what the Sucky Stackhouse vampires are. They're taking the type of person you were and timesing it by ten. Yeah, it so just even amplifies if you think, everything. Exactly. If you think as a human, actually I'm a nice person, but then as a vampire you go as a homicidal raging maniac, the chances are actually you probably had those tendencies when you were a human. You probably were a garbage person. Yeah. 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 All right. It's time. Is it time? It's time. It's time. Hooray. I'm so excited. <laughs> we asked on social media, would you rather go for a drink at Merlot's or Fantasia? And on Facebook, 60% said Merlot's. On Instagram, it was 75% for Merlot's. On Twitter, it was straight up 50-50. And on TikTok, it was 71% to Merlot's. I'm surprised by those statistics. I am too. But it seemed like everyone was like, yeah, I want to go to Merlot so I can eat the burgers. (laughs) (laughs) Which that's a good reason to want to go to there. Because you know what? They don't have food at Fantasia. Unless you are Well, they do. It's just not hamburgers. Right. Yeah. (gasps) Wink. Or, or the other option is everybody was just answering the would you rathers when they were hungry. That's true. That could be a thing. That could be a thing. <laughs> we didn't give a lot of like exposition for this one because, like, hello, everyone knows. Everyone knows Fantasia or Merlots. We didn't have to explain it. So. Exactly. Exactly. It's was a lot of comments? bias based on the TV show. Probably. Probably. Which, to be fair, I mean, it's it's quite representative. It's there's no there's no difference between TV to book bars. Ah, uh-uh. no. we have comments. We do. Drew on Facebook said Fantasia, and I think we all know why people go there. <sighs> yeah. Coral on Facebook. Fantasia equals Eric. Need I say more? No, you do not, Coral. No, you do not. <laughs> because if she did, it would be explicit. And I would have to be okay with that. I would be totally okay with that. Yeah. Colin on Facebook said, Now, I like a bit of vampire fetish action as much as the next person, 
but you can't hear yourself think in Fantasia. Plus, Pam intimidates me. So I'll go to Merlot's and have a nice quiet pint and a burger and a perv on the waitresses with less chance of getting my neck bitten. I don't know, if you're perving on Sookie, she'll know that and she might tell Vampire Bill. And then yeah. Vampire Bill might have something to say about that. Yeah, he might. Or Renee for that one moment in time where the guy grabbed her butt. Leg butt. <clears throat> that was weird. <laughs> Dakota on Facebook says, Merlots, I've always had a thing about small town diners. Plus, I would totally need a burger to go with that drink. I also like small town diners. They like hole-in-the-wall places. They're the best. Annie on Facebook said, Merlots, because Sookie is nice and she'd make sure I got a vegetarian sandwich to go with my fries and beer. Although, I'd probably be safe going to Fantasia. I'm pretty sure vampires don't like us veggies. Mm. That just means it's full of good nutrients. That's true. You, your blood is rich in iron and, you know, vitamin K. <laughs> Everything a growing vampire needs. Yes. Constance on Facebook says, Merlots, please. Burger and fries sound too good right now. Yeah, Constance was hungry. <laughs> Constance was hungry in this one. So, where are you going? I mean I'm going to go to Fantasia okay. Burger and fries sound amazing but what I'll probably do is I'll go to Fantasia and people watch mm-hmm. because that's one of my favourite things to do is just sit and just take in the atmosphere mm-hmm. and the amount of character we know we've already established if you're going to go on a Merlot, chances are you're not going to be the nicest of people going by what Sookie's reading in people's minds. Yeah. But I think the clientele I go to Fantasia will be the entertainment that I crave. So, yeah, plus I need to learn from Pam how to be Pam. Oh, yeah. So I need to go to Fantasia to do all of that. And then on the way home. I'll go to some hole-in-the-wall diner for some burger and fries. Sure. I mean, you can stop at Merlot's after you go to Fantasia. If you can option see this. We, well, if if it's open, yeah. and I live in Bontomp. I'm not going to Bontomp if I live near Freeport. Right. Also, that, it's I mean, that's bon- going to be a good burger. Bontomp. It's going to be a superior burger to get me to go all that way out. Yeah. I think we all know that I'm going to Fantasia and why I'm going there for the vampire costume. So we should just move on to the next one. To be fair, I think we established top of the shop that you're going in for a vampire costume and I'm going to be wearing a cape going, what are people? Yeah, so, right. this right. is not coming to us a surprise to anybody. Uh, no. No one is surprised by the fact that I want to be a vampire. <laughs> Says the two girls currently wearing fangs. Yeah, right? What? Shut up. <laughs> All right. Would you rather discover Dawn's body or the Monroe vampires' bodies? Monroe vampire bodies. Is it so you? Is it so? It's not so you can look at the pubic hairs in the spandex suit. (laughs) Well, I mean. 
Let's see if we can count them. Um, I don't want to see Dawn's body. I think that's that's a trauma that's going to live with you yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. And I do not. I can't afford that therapy. So yeah, let's go to the Monroe vampires' bodies because you know the vampires themselves are going to be ash. Yeah. So it's just but but also at the same time you're afraid that you're going to see your boyfriend, and then you have to wait all day. But you won't be able to recognise that this ash pile is your boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go around with a dustpan and brush and collect them all up, or a hoover or something, get the dust devil out. Yes. Were they not wearing clothes? Did their clothes ash up as well? Because, like, you'd be able to tell. The spandex probably... You'd probably be able to tell at least... The... I, I suspect they'll have been naked by this time. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, I think I'm going to discover them too. I don't I don't want to see Dawn, especially with the description in the book. Yeah. Of like her tongue being lulled out and like flies being all over. This mm. hot weather confined space. Mm period of time considerations yeah it was also really sad because she went to her little duplex and like not all of them were super cleaned up but hers was and like she had nice white curtains that she was proud of and then you see her corpse yeah dawn is a nice person and all she did was Dated a vampire? Yeah. Rennie really... He is messed up. He was messed up in the head. He I'm really, I'm really impressed with the fact that he could keep everything so hidden mm. from Suki. Because there is the point when Jason asks her to start listening in... And she's like, well, that's going to be really hard because it's not like I can hear everyone at the same time. And I would have to be listening to the murderer at the specific moment where they are thinking about having murdered someone. Yeah. But I feel like Renee's murdered a bunch of people. Mind's and he's done... work, you know, it's, a, it's, it's this whole mind palace principle, isn't it? Yeah. He locks it away. And only accesses it when he wants to or needs to. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's a disturbed mind. It is. Okay. Mm. Next question. Yeah. Would you rather... <laughs> this is the one that we asked during the show. We decided <laughs> to add it down here in the bottom. Be sniffed by Sam or have your hair brushed by Bill? <laughs> <laughs> you know... I don't really know how I feel about people messing with my hair. So as awkward as it is to be sniffed by Sam, maybe that's what I would go with. I'm going with sniffed by Sam because it's a a quick split second action of (laughs) done. Whereas the hair brushing is prolonged. I, I had a friend when I was a teenager and my hair was down to my bum. And she loved to brush my hair. 
and it was weird i'm like literally i was around her house and i'm doing my homework and she's wanting to brush my hair it was weird and i was like uh okay no you, i don't you know when you're 12 you don't really know that much better but i didn't like it it was weird no no i don't think i would like that but you know your little quick sniff that you just did i don't know if that's what happened with sam i feel like it was a big like but it's still a short period of time. I don't know. But I'm, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm still going to go with the smell. Yeah. So, I'm I mean, going to go with the sniff. I'm talking all about time frame. Like, if it's a quick split second to a five second, get, you know, getting all up and down your factory systems, then it's still a shorter snippet than what the hair brushing is. Because I can yeah. imagine Bill being that one of those where everything has to be 100 strokes. Yeah. You know? Mm. Mm. Mm, yeah I don't know I don't know how I feel about that And it's, but now that you know Sam spends a lot of his time as a collie yeah you kind of forgive him almost yeah I mean he or probably understand. yeah yeah he's he's almost I mean he's an animal a lot of the time so it might be a little difficult for him to not sniff people. Yeah. So. And it's not like he's doing it in a creepy way, intentionally. He and kind she, of, he kind of did. Is. He kind of did yeah. later when after she knows that he's a dog and she like walks out of the bedroom and he like sniffs up her skirt. Yeah. Okay. Like, I can't defend him. But, I can't defend him. But that was funny. Yeah, but I still can't. Sam, don't sniff sniff up lady skirts. No. Consent is key. God, I loved all of those scenes where he's a dog so much before she realizes that he's a dog. (laughs) And she's like, taking off all her clothes. And he's just sitting there like, his head cocked to the side, just looking. Imagine his little tail wagging a little bit. Mm -hmm. His tail wagging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his tail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His dog lipstick probably came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sam is such a perv. <laughs> Look, I like Sam, okay? I don't care. So do I. I mean, can't deny that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now we're going <laughs> to go on to the next question, which um, if you will recall back in some of the later Bloodlines episodes, mm-hmm. we started having surprise questions for each other, and we decided to do that with this one, too. <laughs> This so, ended up being an ongoing theme for the for the book club series. Yeah, so I've got to unhide my question here. Would you rather lick Bill's cemetery muddy nipple, <laughs> or have long shadow explode on you? <laughs> I was really put off by the muddy muddy mud puddle cemetery sex scene and especially for the fact that she licked his nipple it's cemetery soil as well that's a different kind of soil it is and she licked his nipple like it's muddy that's mud in your mouth it's gonna be all grainy and unhygienic yeah there were a couple of comical nipple moments in this book (laughs) 
she also there's also a time where where she like strokes his nipple because she didn't know that men liked that and then there was another time where she like she's, she says she rubbed her face against his hard flat nipple or something <laughs> it made me laugh because I'm 12 I'm 12 on the inside in defense of you know adult literature that has those scenes they're not like that <laughs> Oh my god, I'm going to go with Long Shadow Explode on me because yeah. at least ingestion of vampire blood is going to make me look fabulous, darling. Yes, that Whereas is what I'm going to go with too. Vampire Bill's cemetery muddy nipple is more than likely going to give me some weird disease. <laughs> Vampires can't have the diseases, they can't carry them. So at least I know, you know, there's a cemetery yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to lick. I don't want to lick a muddy nipple. No. Who wants to lick a muddy nipple? Do not lick muddy nipples. That's just unhygienic. It's not. Don't do it. No. No. This is not a ni- a nipple licking time. This public service announcement: <laughs> Do not lick muddy nipples. Especially, <laughs> especially, especially cemetery cemetery mud. mud. This has been a fiction hangover. PSA. Excellent. Okay. Next question. Um, I'm nervous. Hashtag callback. (laughs) Would you rather read minds but only see kinky stuff or only see the angry stuff? This is a callback to sexy table versus rage table. (laughs) Um... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with angry stuff, because then I would know to avoid you. But I feel like with the kinky stuff, if that's all you're seeing all the time, that would be too much. And everyone knows I'm not super into that sort of stuff. So I'm just. I'm gonna rage table again. I know okay. we're not shocked. I'm rage tabling. I'm going with the angry stuff. And then I'll just. I'll just ignore you. I'll ignore you because. I know that you're crazy bonkers on the inside. Nice. What about you? I'm going to join you and only see the angry stuff. Join you on the rage table this time. Because... You're rage tabling with me? A rage table, yes. Because... The the people of Montaub, they are deviants. And I'm not king-shaming them at all. But I don't need to see it. No. And they're into stuff. They're like, into stuff. Capital they're... S-T-U-F-F. Yeah. Yeah, they're into the muddy cemetery nipples. And videotaping it at the same time. And videotaping it, yeah. So that's great. You do you. Um, But for my own safety, I think I'd rather stick with the angry stuff. Because then, yeah. if it's the Renes of the world, I know it will avoid you. Yeah. Or, you know, you can fight crime exactly exactly who doesn't want to be a vigilante in a cape we've already established i'm going to be wearing one at fang yeah you're already wearing a cape so halfway there you are i'm so glad you're joining me in a rage table yay (laughs) awesome (laughs) all right um that's it for would you rather i'm excited to see the answers or to to hear the answers when we have book club (laughs) 
even yes. though this is after the fact. So I will already have known what they said. At this moment in time, I do not know how book club is going to go. So. No. And we will be posting the Would You Rathers on the discussion thread in the book club as well for yes. everybody else to answer. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right. So, favorite final thought quote? I've got four for you. I have five. Ooh. What do you have? Woohoo! Secret vampire stuff. <laughs> Yay! You won't find a vampire in a Ford Fiesta. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> so if you've got a Ford Fiesta, you need to treat it and you want to be a vampire, you need to swap that out right now. Yeah, you really do. Trade it in. Get a Cadillac instead, apparently. Or a Ferrari. <laughs> Those are the options. Was it a Ferrari or Corvette? It was a fancy car. And a Cadillac. Can I get an Aston Martin DB9 instead and be an intensely British, excessively British vampire? Of course. Vampire? Of course you. you can. Yeah, of course you can. Because, next quote, life begins at night. Oh, oh, yeah. And my last one, that is what we are. Death. 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 <sighs> Though I should have probably gone with, Suke, you're mine. Suki is mine. Suki. Should mine should mine then just be bon ton? Bon ton. Yes. Bon ton. And vampire. I've been watching a lot of vampire. Golden Girls lately, so I've got like Blanche Devereaux going through my head pretty yeah. constantly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay. So Here my quotes. Yes. It was hard not to feel, well, cocky is surely the wrong word. Maybe incredibly smug is closer? (laughs) After her first night of crazy vampire sex. Wanton vampire sexiness. Love it. Yes. Smug is correct. Smug is correct. Smug is better than cocky. Yes. I mean, you're allowed to feel a bit cocky as well. Yeah, but <laughs> we're obviously making a penis joke here, so. <laughs> penis joke. <laughs> <sighs> okay. You have to let my life get lived, Bill. You can't alter it for me. Oh, thank you for the accent. <laughs> you're welcome. I couldn't say l- you, you, you have to let my life get lived. No. Life. You have to let my life get lived, Bill. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> this next one is, <laughs> is definitely a for fun one. <laughs> oh, speaking of Jason. Oh, my. His, his bed had as many occupants as a public toilet. Oh, it was probably just as clean. Oh, gross. I don't oh. think Jason is a sheet cleaner, do you? No. No. Mm. And finally, this was pretty exotic stuff for a telepathic barmaid from northern Louisiana. <laughs> <sighs> okay, finally, my very last one. It's tough being brave, isn't it? 
It is tough. It is tough being brave. I should have ended with the public toilet, but but I ended with a good one. You ended on a poignant note. I did. I did. All right. (laughs) If you liked this, try this. What are you recommending? I am recommending Guilty Pleasures by Laurel K. Hamilton. And I have... Yes, I have the graphic novel behind me. I did have the book series, but it was one of those that got lost in the box in the move. The mm. mysterious box that always disappears when you move house. Yeah. And it's the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter book one. So it is not YA, but neither is Sucky Stack House. No. And it does have sexy vampires in. So the summary from Goodreads. Anita Blake is small, dark and dangerous. Her turf is the city of St. Louis. Her job, reanimating the dead and killing the undead who take things too far. But when the city's most powerful vampire asks her to solve a series of vicious slayings, Anita must confront her greatest fear. Her undeniable attraction to master vampire Jean-Claude. One of the creatures she has sworn to destroy. Oh. Oh. It gets sexy. (laughs) Of course it does. It's Laurel K. Hamilton. Exactly. (laughs) She's made of sex. (laughs) What's your recommendation? Okay. I had to go back and double check to make sure that I had not recommended this one before. And I'm really surprised that I haven't. But instead of going vampire, I went telepathy. Okay. Is this a hashtag tenuous link TM? It is. Okay. (laughs) And also, I mean, you mentioned this. A couple of episodes ago about how much I love... it's my fault. It is. You mentioned how much I love Stephen King. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm recommending Dr. Sleep by Stephen King. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry at all. I love Dr. Sleep. Um, My summary is from WorldCat. Following a childhood haunted by terrifying events at the Overlook Hotel... Danny Torrance has been drifting for decades. Finally, he settles into a job at a nursing home where he draws on his remnant shining power to help people pass on. Then he meets Abra Stone, a young girl with the brightest shining he's ever seen. But her gift is attracting a tribe of paranormals. You know what? They are vampires. They're energy vampires. Excuse me. They are vampires. I'm so, so sorry. (sighs) How dare I? They may look harmless, old, and devoted to their RVs, but the true not live off the steam that children like Abra produce. Now, Dan must confront his old demons as he battles for Abra's soul and survival. I can't believe I forgot that they're energy vampires, because they totally are. It's like calling out of what they do in the sh- what we do in the shadows. It is, but um, they're Scary. worse. But get much scarier. Doctor Sleep's just come on Netflix in the UK, so I'm Ooh, very excited to watch it. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. I've watched it so many times. I mean, I'm going to. I'm, I can now watch it, so I'm very excited. You haven't and, watched it before? And, no. I'm not, I know. I know. I know. And Netflix in the UK is getting one of us is lying now. Really? So I can finally watch the TV show. That's very exciting. I watched all of those. Those are they were pretty good. Yeah, so obviously haven't seen it yet. Very excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you to watch Dr. Sleep. You can see Rose the Hat 
And you can reference back to my cosplay to make sure I did it. Okay. Well, I've seen the trailers and I've seen posters and stuff, but I've just yeah. never seen it like the movie. And what I have seen, I am yes, your cosplay as well, as yeah. it always is. Anywho, shrug. All right, gushing to one side. You know I love your cosplay. I love doing it. I'm glad I'm getting to do it a little bit more often now. Yeah, I'm trying great. to work it into my schedule more. Hell, if if it can be done, fine. If it can't, you know that's it's one yeah. of those things. You have yeah. to you have to earn the dollar. Exactly. It's true. I do. Do we have an indie spotlight this week? Yes, we do, and not really related at all that's fine doesn't have to be not even really we have finished our discussion of dead until dark we're on the the extra bits yeah i mean i guess you can like very 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 tenuously link it's very this very tenuous link and i'll we'll probably have to explain it all right So this indie spotlight is called The Fantastical Adventure of Magic Mazic by Ian Joseph. High-speed fantasy adventure introducing our hero, Mazic Spark, a bright and cheeky youngster. He and his indulgent grandfather, Dr. Obadiah Spark, Gramps, enjoy various hilarious escapades. When an electric blue humanoid, York Barnsley, from the Particle Cloud Qua, lands on their lawn, they take a trip into space, during which Mazik acquires some extraordinary skills. On his return, he explores his new talents with alarming consequences. But when an evil fashion designer targets Mazik, can he muster all his new skills to defeat mortal danger? I don't know. But you know what he's doing? He's using his powers to fight crime. Hashtag. And that is my tenuous week. (laughs) Using his powers. (laughs) I don't know what his powers are. I don't know if they're telepathy or not. Hard to say. We'll have to read it and find out. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So. That's it for this episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss The Dire Days of Willow Weep Manor by Shannon K. Garrity. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite Fictional Hangover themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon so you can watch this video at patreon.com slash fictional hangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others and rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.